It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. The Edmonton Oilers with a three-one third period lead, but they let it slip away. Austin Matthews gets the winner in overtime. The Leafs take it four-three. Back to Toronto. Here's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. Dave, you mentioned this morning uh, raising concern about your team's uh, ability to get their legs under them. How did you evaluate your team's energy levels throughout the night? I thought our energy was all right. Our execution was poor. We uh, we battled the puck, especially in the first period. That uh, you know, when you when you turn the puck over so much, you end up chasing it, and uh, so we didn't handle the puck very well in the first period. Uh, second period was a little better. Third period, we turned it over in the neutral zone to give them some life, and then they uh, they pushed hard and, and got the even one and then got a break on the overtime one. You got some really quality stops from your goaltender tonight. Uh, does the disappointment level, does, is it magnified in a loss like this? Yeah, your goaltender gives you a chance to win. You'd like to win for them. That's, uh, that goes without saying. Mark Spector, Sportsnet. Do you need any more of the rest of your team, Dave? You know, 29 and 97 were fabulous. Uh, do you need more of everybody else? Uh, as a group, we can play better. You know, we were, we, uh, there's some situations, especially in the first, that I thought we didn't handle the puck very well, didn't support each other very well. So as a group, we can play better. Do you, you know, there's versions of this Oilers team and there's other teams in the league that get this lead and play real well and lose on an unlucky goal and they say, well, you know, it was a good night, we learned a lesson and all all that stuff. I suspect you guys are well past that, Dave. Yeah, that's, that's we didn't play well enough to win, win the game. Like we gave up too many chances, didn't execute well enough, uh, you know, on the... On the goal to make it 3-2, three, three, we turn it over in the neutral zone, and then it's basically three-on-three. Three. We give a grade-A chance against them, three-on-three. Three. So there's things that we can do a lot better as a team. Derek Van Deese, Post Media. Uh, Dave, I know, like I said, more victories don't mean much at this time, but how was it important for this your team to really put up a good performance against this Leafs team after what happened uh, a month ago? Well, we expect to play well every night. We expect, you know, we have an expectation to our group that we can play with anybody. So to come in and uh, not play as well as we like, we're, that's, you know, nobody's happy about that. You got you to gotta come in here and find ways to win. We had a game that we, was a winnable game, even though we didn't play very well, and we didn't win it. So we'll re-rack and uh, get at it again Monday. Thanks, Dave. Rob Kuchkowski, Post Media. Hi, Dave. Uh, your your team plays so well against you know just everybody else, but Toronto gives you a lot of trouble. They say that styles make the fight. Is there something about this matchup that just doesn't agree with your side? I think the first four games of the series were back and forth, real tight games like this one. You know, we had the three games at home where we didn't play very well, but both teams of uh, you know the first four, I think we were two and two each of us. So we got an overtime game, and they got an overtime game. So. 
we feel like we can play with anybody. That is Dave Tippett, head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. After a 4-3 overtime loss in Toronto, his comments presented by Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins on Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line from the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Centre. Well, Rob, one thing the tip said that stuck out to me, he thought that the energy was fine after not playing in a week. He said good energy but poor execution. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think both teams at times would be disappointed in their execution. Uh, the others you would expect a little bit when you have, you're have you off that long, you, you practice, but it's still not game play, and then your first game back is against the, the strongest team that you're going to play in the division. Uh, the energy was good. The, the excitement level was fantastic. Uh, mistakes were made. Uh, both teams at the end of the night are going to find things that they can do better, and that's why I expect Monday's game to be even stronger uh, but yeah, I, what I, what you like about what Dave Tippett talked about was that they're not satisfied. Uh, I know that the the one question was, oh, did you feel good about it?" Because you know the last time you two the two teams played, it was pretty lopsided. Do you feel good that this was much closer? And he's like, "No, not satisfied. They feel that they can win every single hockey game, and this one certainly was a game that they, with a three one lead late in a hockey game, you would expect to win, but." Yeah, the execution at times, the mistakes. To one example that happened, Dave Tibbet referenced it. You have a three-one lead. You are, you know, a second-line player, but a guy that's lower down in your lineup. You have the puck in the neutral zone. Get the puck in deep. It's that simple. Two-goal lead, one-on-three. Get the puck in deep. There's no reason to hold the puck once you get past center. And Cahoon held on to it. Turns it over. It's a three-on-three, and all of a sudden, Nurse, or excuse me, Bear is playing a two-on-one. So it went from three-on-three three to a two-on-one against Bear. He gets turned inside, but he has no chance at all. And then the puck ends up, I believe that was the Tavares goal, who, I mean, here's, here's a guy that knows how to score the score goals when you give him opportunities. So uh, a play that should have been a dump-in turned into the other team's, you know, $11 million player standing in the slot with the puck on a stick by himself. Those are the things that will drive a coach crazy. Yeah, Tavares tied it with 7.39 to go. Nylander, uh, yeah, sorry, Tavares got them within a goal with 7.39 to go. Nylander tied it with 3.23 left. And the Oilers had a couple of opportunities in those in, in those last eight minutes, Rob, as well. Uh, Austin, uh, Connor McDavid had a good look. Darnell Nurse had a good look with about two and a half minutes left. And Jack Campbell made a couple of big saves. Both goalies came up big uh, at times. And I feel like the Oilers you know, maybe to some extent here, wasted a really good start from Mike Smith. Uh, yeah, I agree. And it's funny, I know that I, I've listened to your interviews with Grant Fear, and you've had him on your show a few times, and Grant Fear used to talk about it's not how many saves you make in a night, it's when you make a save, when the team needs you to make a save. And the Leafs fought back. They're You know, they're down two goals, they come back, they tie it up, and it would have been shameful for a Leaf fan, if the Leafs weren't able to pull out at least one point, and Campbell gave him that opportunity with those saves on Nurse and McDavid. McDavid put the puck exactly where he wanted, exactly where he wanted to put it. He knew he tried going between the body and the arm. There was enough space in there, and Campbell just got just a little piece of it, but enough to push it wide. Nurse comes down, and uh, the defenseman played it. Oh, I don't gave Nurse too much time, and Nurse was able to come in one-on-one with Campbell as well. So Campbell gave the Toronto Maple Leafs big saves when he needed. And it's funny, if you're watching the game on TV, 
they, the announcers will mark that one down because if they get a point out of this game, it'll be because of that save by Campbell. Having said that, Smith did the same thing. Matthews probably had six grade-A scoring chances in this game, and his worst chance of the night was the one that won the hockey game. But that's what shooters do. Goal scorers put pucks on net. They don't get frustrated. They don't uh, start getting away from their game, start passing up opportunity just because the puck's not going in. Great goal scorers just keep shooting, and you saw Matthews do that. Eventually, he got a bounce, and they won the hockey game. Yeah, his game-winning goal going off Dreisaitl, then off Nurse and past Mike Smith. Matthews, the third star tonight, picked in the arena. Dreisaitl, the second star. Nylander, the first star. We will give uh, Mike Smith the fourth star of the game for Mr. Mike's Steakhouse Casual, your hockey destination. Make your reservation at mrmikes.ca. You can get us on the Certainty Hotline, 780-496-0063. But before we go to the phones, back to Toronto, here's Leon. Just wondering if, uh, you know, there was a lot made about you guys coming in after a week's rest. Uh, was that was that a factor or you at the start or at the end of this game? No. Um, I thought we actually played fairly solid for the most part. Um, you know, obviously, um, you know, leading with two, with, I don't know, seven minutes or whatever it was, uh, you know, you got to just get that into um you know in the last minute uh, and, and shut it down so uh it's us. yeah you guys are like 16 and one when leading after two periods so it's kind of uh it's in your dna to be able to close this thing out did they just press a little harder than some of the previous teams or, or was there a sag on on edmonton's part uh i don't know I, a couple individual mistakes i think that led to um you know them them getting back into the zone so um, just got to eliminate, eliminate those. Derek Randy, Post Media. Hey Leon, they scored on a funny bounce that first goal and then they scored the overtime winner on a funny bounce. Is that sometimes one of those nights where the puck just doesn't bounce for you? Can you kind of, you know, say that about tonight or the two goals like that? Uh, well, I mean, you, you got to create your, your bounces a little bit too, but um it's obviously unfortunate it's two two bad bounces but um you know it shouldn't even uh, shouldn't even lead to that in overtime uh and i know connor said this morning he, he thought it was important you guys came out played well and ensured that you can you can beat this team do you, do you feel you did that uh in this game today uh we dominate the stretches of course we can beat that team uh it's uh, there's no question about it um it's a good team we're a really good team um it's always uh, always tight games so um there's no there's no questioning in our heads that, that we can beat them mark factor sports that so on the on the other side it's a really high skilled game and you guys play very well uh is there any way leon to let the you know not to have the last seven minutes ruin the whole effort for you guys uh it's about points right now, so I think we did a lot of good things today. Uh, no question about it. Um, but obviously, it's it's about winning, and um, you know we would have obviously rather um, you know taken taken the two points. So um, it's not all bad, but um, yeah, there's there's things that we need to do better. Right. One of the things you've been working on all year is being a shutdown team, right? You get a 3-1 lead and carrying that to the finish line. So, uh, you know, I know you can score and you can play a lot of different games, but is that still something that you got to bear down on, man, and fix and, and figure out? 
Um, I think we've done a really good job of that this year. Uh, I think maybe this is the first game where we kind of let it slip a little bit. Um, so I think we got that down pretty good, but um, obviously things like tonight, um, you know, shouldn't shouldn't happen again. All right, that's Leon Dreisaitl, who was uh, brilliant at times tonight, but the Oilers fall 4-3 in overtime to the Leafs. They led it 3-1 after 2 and couldn't hold on to it. Rob, did like, did something change for you in the last 10 minutes, or was this just a matter of a Leafs team that was you know, pretty good all night? I thought both teams had some pretty good moments, and then they were finally able to finish. I, I think... I don't know if they, anything really changed. Whenever a team's down, there's a push. We see that whenever the Oilers are down in a game late, they get a push and, and a surge. But when you have a push or a surge, you need a bounce or a break. It's not easy scoring in the National Hockey League. Sometimes it takes 10, 12 chances to, for something to get behind the other team's goalie. So for me, the, the Leafs had their push. And when they started their push, they got rewarded. They got that one goal. And again, it was a, uh, the Nylander one was a, a, a very fortunate bounce where it goes, pucks come into Hall in front, hits his skate, goes right to Nylander. He's got a wide open net to shoot into. Uh, those kind of breaks you need when you're coming back in a hockey game. So uh, the Oilers, again, didn't get the bounce they wanted. They had uh, the puck on the stick of Connor McDavid, more or less a partial breakaway as he walked in, had all the time in the world. Nurse had a two-on-one. He had a scoring chance. Uh, so either one of those goes in. We're, we're, we're talking about what a great victory it was in Toronto, how the Oilers rebounded from the three at home. So I think sometimes uh, when you lose a game, especially when you lose one in overtime, uh, you overlook the good that happened and you overlook the fact that, you know, you were one bounce away. And that's what how close these two teams are. I really think that they are so close that it's a bounce or a break each and every time they play, which will dictate which way the game goes at the end of the night. That's why I'm looking forward to a playoff series of these teams going with seven games in a row. And and the Bob and I talked to during our little segment, the one advantage that the Leafs have in this series is when Connor and Leon play together, there is a great disparity between the second lines. Nugent Hopkins with Cahoon and Yamamoto going head-to-head against Nylander and Tavares, it, it, that's, that's a mismatch. That is a big mismatch for for the Edmonton Oilers, and that's the one hard thing when you put Leon and, and Connor together. Uh, so there's something that you'll probably see some tinkering with before Mondays. But no, I don't think the Oilers really faltered a whole lot in the last seven minutes. I think Toronto had their push, and they were rewarded with a bounce or two, and that's how they got into overtime. 4-3, the Leafs take it. That means a $300 donation to 630 Ted Santa's Anonymous, courtesy James H. Brown and Associates Serious Injury Lawyers. They're giving $100 every time the Oilers score this year, and that total now up to $11,900. Okay, 780-496-0063 is the CertainTeed hotline, CertainTeed professional-grade building materials. We have Alex standing by. Hi, Alex. Thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hi, how are you? Good. Yeah, love your show as always. Uh, okay, this viewer saw a sloppy game. Uh, there was, oh, they call it Mr. Simons, whatever, but you want to know something? I listened to Tippett's comments too on the show, and I don't think we got to be scared about Toronto or whatever. You know, uh, I don't know. <laughs> There's something about Edmonton. I don't know what it is, but it's almost like if you give an inch, they take a mile. I don't know what it is, right? But, uh, 
I'm not scared of Toronto at all. I think uh, just listen to uh, Tippett's comments too. You can tell there's there's something private underneath there. We got something for Toronto in the playoffs there. So uh, I'm good with that. I'm also good with sorry Calgary losing. Yeah. Okay. Got to be careful, <laughs> I Alex. I did a poopah there. I'm really sorry about that. Uh, I love your show. I love your comments about everything. And uh, yeah, so I'm not scared of the North at all. Okay. Anyway, that's all thanks, Alex. Love your show. Okay, thanks. We got to give Alex a yellow card there tonight, Rob. That's a that's a warning. <laughs> that, was close, to a red that was close to a red. Yeah, we'll, we'll call it a close. pink. That was a pink card. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I look. I I don't think, and I and I know they were asked about it ad nauseum throughout the week. I the I don't think the Oilers are scared of the the Maple Leafs. They they weren't down in the dumps or rattled by those other three games. They they acknowledged that Toronto played well. Uh, and they didn't. I, I know this adds to the storyline, I suppose, of of another loss to uh, to Toronto. But but I I don't think the Oilers are, are shaking in their boots because they got to play Toronto again on Monday. If any, if anything, I th- I think they're embracing it. Of let's let's finally beat these guys. Let's get over the hump and and prove we can get two points against them. Well, I, I honestly, I don't think the Oilers are scared of any team. I think they are confident with what they have. Uh, they've got a goaltender that's having. A fantastic year. They've got two defensemen who are all world this year in Nurse and Barry, and Larson's having a huge comeback season. They got the two top scorers in the league. So I think they feel comfortable. Having said that, it is a three team race. There are three very good teams in the North Winnipeg, Edmonton, and Toronto are all good. I think you'll see some moves at the deadline, which is coming up very shortly. I think. All three teams would like to add something, and we'll see whichever team adds the, the most or the best may may give them a little bit of an edge. But it, I, it's it's not going to be easy coming out of the North for any of those teams. And I, I, to me, it's a huge advantage. And I think Montreal's got a nice team. But I don't think they have the firepower right now up front that Toronto or Winnipeg does. So coming in first in your division allows you not to have to beat two of the three elite teams. And I think that is key, and I think that's important over the last 20 games or whatever's left. That's a good push, and, and the Montreal Canadiens are going to be, to me, exhausted at the end of the year, playing 25 in their last 43 days. That's unheard of. So I think there is an advantage to whichever team comes in first, and I think that's why there's a huge push all three teams are going to try and get. Winnipeg Wonderway in Calgary halfway through the first period. There is no score. The Flames... Uh... Well, I, I mean, they're, they're, I mean, the Flames are going to have to win like 17 of their last 22 or 21 games, whatever it is, pretty much to, to make the playoffs. So they're in a tough spot as we update the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Earlier, Buffalo, 17 games without a win. They lost 3-2 to the Bruins. Flyers beat the Rangers 2-1. Golden Lights over the Avs, 3-2 in overtime. Wings beat the Blue Jackets, 3-1. It is in the first period, no score. Sharks and Coyotes. Panthers and Stars are tied at three late in the third. Nashville wins 3-1 in Chicago. The Penguins take it to the Islanders, 6-3. The Hurricanes get by the Lightning, 4-3. Oil Kings win again, 9 straight, 5-2 win over the Calgary Hitmen. And the Oilers farm team, Bakersfield Condors, taking on the Ontario Reign. It is late in the third period, like in the last couple of minutes, and Ontario leads that one 2-1. Okay, 780-496-0063. We have Tony standing by. Go ahead, Tony. You guys. And I've been seeing this happen a lot to the Oilers. What exactly 
are they doing in the face-off circle that's making the referee change the face-off guys? It seems like we've been getting a lot of face-off violations. I just want to know, what exactly are we doing wrong? Well, there's all kinds of things that they can do. You don't put your stick down. You move your stick too early. You move your feet. Your feet aren't where they're supposed to be. I haven't noticed the others being kicked out that often, to tell you the truth. I mean, if you go through the, the face-offs, the Oilers' normal guys are normally taking the draws, but there's a number of things that you have to do to, to win face-offs. I know that certain teams, if they got two face-off guys in the first on the same line, one of them will try and cheat a little bit, knowing that if he does get kicked out, there's another guy equally as good that can jump in. But I haven't noticed at any time that the Oilers are getting thrown out more than than anyone else. I've it's usually every time you look up, it's usually Leon taking a face off against someone else and Leon rarely gets kicked out. Yeah. And then the Oilers were just absolutely dominated in the face off circle tonight. 67% for Toronto and just uh, 33% for the Edmonton well, Oilers. So that was Reed, definitely a big part of the game. Yeah. Reed, if you look at the Maple Leafs, they, their, their centers like down the middle, they got a Matthews and a Tavares that are exceptional centermen. And then you got on their wings, you got Joe Thornton, who was, was an excellent centerman his whole career. And you got Jason Spezza, who was an excellent centerman his entire year. They got centermen all throughout their lineups that if they ever run into problems, guys that can jump in. So it's uh, Toronto's a good team. And that was, I, I said it before they even went to overtime. I, I texted my group. I said that was an entertaining hockey game. Whichever way this ends up in overtime, that was a fun game to watch. That's two incredibly talented teams that had great goaltending moments. There were mistakes there, but that's what makes the game fun. We got Jordan, Robert, and one of Rob Brown's biggest fans standing by on hold. We'll get to you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You guys, after the news, Oilers fall 4-3 in overtime to the Leafs. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Okay, well, the Oilers were looking okay, up 3-1 with 7.39 to go in the third, but the Leafs get a couple goals about four minutes apart, and then Austin Matthews wins it 54 seconds into overtime, took a shot, hit Dreisaitl's skate, hit Nurse's skate, and flipped past Mike Smith. The Oilers' goal scorers tonight were Nurse, Dreisaitl, and Barry Nurse now up to 11 goals on the season. couple of points for Connor McDavid. He now has a 10-game point streak, and he has 22 points over those 10 games. 780-496-0063, the CertainTeed hotline, CertainTeed professional-grade building materials. We have Robert standing by. Robert, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Hi, Robert. Do we have you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know what? I think, honestly, tonight, you know, I don't, I don't think... You know, I don't. You know, I don't think the Oilers were. You know, even even when they were up three one, I don't. I don't think they were playing. I don't think they were playing that good, to be honest. I mean, I thought. I mean, I kind of thought for the most part, Toronto seemed to be controlling the play. I don't know. I don't know. 
you know, like it seemed like like Toronto was getting way more Grade A chances than we were. Edmonton just have Edmonton just happened to be bearing their chances, and Toronto wasn't. I don't I don't know what you guys think about that. And then I'm also wondering for Monday, do we see do we see the insertion of Ennis, like one of Ennis or Turris, if not both? And oh, I get well, there's that, and then uh, and then I'll say I guess the. I think you got to go back to Smith and Net because, because I mean, honestly, honestly, in my opinion, I think uh, I think Smith is one of the one of the only reasons we even got a point tonight. Yeah, yeah. Well, a good point about Smith and the Oilers still might have a game on Tuesday. We're, we're still waiting for the the adjusted schedule to be announced, and they they might have a game on Tuesday. So it could be Smith, Koskinen, Koskinen, Smith. If they uh, if they do that, Rob. But yeah, I mean, I I think there are going to be some some lineup changes, um, and I, I think you know I know Ennis has been in and out, Rob, but he generally gives you what he has when he's in there. Yeah, he, he's an offensive threat. Uh, I, I think that looking the others, if you're going to build right now, I think you just got to start looking at your second line. Uh, you if you're going to keep Connor and Leon together, uh, the, the second line it. It, they have to do something with it because they got they got outplayed quite badly and, and understandably when you're going against uh, Nylander and Tavares, that's a that's a mismatch on paper and it played out like that on on the game sheet as well. Uh, there will be changes. There always is whenever you lose a hockey game and you have that many players that you can throw into the lineup. Guys that are fresh, guys that are excited to be in there. You make big gaffes or big mistakes like Cahoon did that uh, created the the turnaround and created or helped the Toronto Maple Leafs with their comeback that usually finds a player that is a guy that's in and out of the lineup and you make a mistake like that. You find yourself going back out of the lineup. Um, So yeah, there'll be changes. I I don't know if there'll be anything on the back end, but I certainly think that on the up front, you'll make, you'll do something different as far as who's in net. I agree with you until we know what the schedule is. Uh, I don't know if you can make hazard a guess, and it doesn't matter for you and I anyways because we'd guess wrong regardless. But uh, the Oilers, the, the schedule is going to start to also dictate what the Oilers do lineup-wise because there's going to be a, a stretch here where the Oilers are going to be uh, compacted schedule again, and they're going to try to use as many players as they can because you've got them there. You may as well put them in another lineup. Yeah, potential changes for Monday are adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com slash hockey. Kyler Yamamoto did return tonight. And yeah, Tip has mentioned that Kyle Turris is uh, looking close to getting back into action. 4-3, the Leafs win in overtime. We have Jordan on the Certainty Hotline. Jordan, thank you for the call. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Yeah, I've uh, called in a few times over the years. I don't think I ever uh, let the old mic'd up ref slip that that past caller there did before the news. But uh, <laughs> I just wanted to have a quick shout-out to my boys, Blue Steel, River Folk, and CCRHL. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun listening and watching the Oilers. It's fun to play the game. I know it's not as entertaining as the guys were tonight. Um, so just hoping we can get back to our, our beer league pretty quick, too. But just a quick uh, comment, I guess. Like, I wanted to say that... Um, you know, I was busy working, didn't watch the whole game, so the commentary and analysis you guys have been offering has been fantastic. Uh, and Bob, right after the game, I kind of stopped paying attention at 3-1, and I felt really good about it. I thought, you know, we had a, our, our statement bounce-back games like against the Jets and stuff and the Flames after the uh, triple loss there in a row to Leafs, but I kind of circled this game on the calendar because I thought it would be kind of its own statement game. And I think despite the bounces and the second-line stuff and all that, 
um, I still feel like there's more to give. And if they can fiddle with a lineup or add pieces to the top or middle six, like I'm feeling good. I feel like it would have been it's a very different game. It sounds like than that three game series. So I wonder if you could just talk about the, you know, the psychology of that for teams, um, you know, coming out of that, playing them again like this. Well, I, yeah, I sure. That, Good stuff, Jordan. Yeah, I think that Leon Dreisaitl touched on it best afterwards when they asked him about the fact that they they lost again to the Leafs. He said, "No, we've, we're we're not worried at all. We feel we we can beat the Leafs. We have complete confidence. Um, it is a confident bunch, the Edmonton Oilers, and, and they should be the way they've played since the after the first nine games of the season. I thought." I believe the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Winnipeg Jets, and the Edmonton Oilers are the three best teams in the North. And I believe they're very close. And on any given night, uh, depending on who gets a bounce, a break, a good call, bad call, great goaltending uh, effort, that any of those three teams can come out victorious. I, I think they're that close. And tonight in this hockey game, again, it was a one-goal game where a couple weird bounces went in against the, the Oilers. Uh, some great saves by both goaltenders. And at the end of the night, it easily could have been a 4-3 Oilers victory. And we'd all be talking about how great it was. And just one bounce, and we're sitting here thinking, oh, oh Toronto Maple Leafs, they beat us again. So uh, I, I don't think there's any worry about the psyche of the Oilers right now in their dressing room. I don't think there's any, oh, here we go again against the Toronto Maple Leafs. They, they, they got our number. Uh, it, they're star players. They're leaders. And that's Nurse and McDavid and Dreisaitl, they are confident, a very, very confident bunch. And they feel that every single time they step on the ice, they will be the better players and they will be the better team. And uh, they are excited. I, I imagine right now they're mad, but they are looking forward to 48 hours from now getting to do it all over again against the Leafs. 4-3, the Leafs take it in overtime. Whenever the Oilers score five or more, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That is presented by Japanese Village Restaurants. Thrilled to serve you again for dine-in and takeout. Complete details at jvedmonton.ca. Don is standing by, who is also our very lucky finish the play contestant don you know if you ever listen we we like to uh we like for people to get their name in the grand prize draw but first give us your thought of your question um well i want to be kind of on the positive side of the game i'm kind of like to say that it was a great game uh especially the two goals uh by dry and uh barry like talk mm -hmm. about world-class goals um like mcdavid's pass to uh dry was unbelievable like just the way that he put it on his tape and boom into the net like that was unreal and then the way leon did that behind the back uh the berry was that was that another world-class goal so like to lose a game after two spectacular goals i got and then even uh, nurse's goal was was really good so tough you know tough way to lose on on bounces you know fluky goals yeah, I, we'll we'll talk about those goals here for sure, but we want to do the contest with you, Don. You already have a premium sampler box from Hungry Herd, top quality beats delivered right to your door at every day at every day low prices. Alberta owned and operated. What do we have for the clue here, Angie? You've got an opening for Justin Hall now, left wing from Galchenyuk. 
He'll take it down low, peer inside, try a shot, and that deflected up over the top. You think about that play where Galchenyuk missed short side in a bid to make it 2-0. Nurse scored at the other end, and Edmonton has not looked back. Dreisel to the point, non-cue. Nurse fires it right in the midsection of Jack Campbell. He's got the save, but Edmonton's got the lead. All right, Nurse stopped on that opportunity, but he did score in this game. Don, how many goals now does Nurse have on the season? Is it 6 or 11? 11. Absolutely. Your name's going into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 gift certificate to Visions Electronics, courtesy PF Custom Countertops. Support local with a PF renovation. Get started at pfcustomcountertops.com. Rob, as I'm reading that, I missed out on a chance for a Borea Salming reference because they did play the Leafs tonight. I got to note that for Monday. I got to make a big note and tape it to my wall here. Borea Salming Monday. It's it's early tonight. You can still get it. And, and if anyone is not got a tv on right now the calgary flames have just taken a one nothing lead over the winnipeg jets late in the first period and and don i'm glad i'm glad he brought it up because we should talk about them those are two spectacular goals the dry goal and the and the berry goal and rob i i think now ever since leon won the scoring race and and won the mvp it it has died down but I still see it pop up. Oh, you know, Dreisaitl gets his points because he plays with McDavid because he gets his points because he's on the power play with McDavid. But I, I see that goal and I'm thinking, okay, you know what? Dreisaitl doesn't get that pass from pretty much anybody else except McDavid. But I'm also thinking McDavid doesn't get that assist if it's someone else shooting the puck. I mean, they help each other get points. And they're, I mean, to me, they're the best connection in the NHL right now. It's amazing. And they are, and probably the best two players in the NHL. Connor is better because he gets to play with Leon. Leon's better because he gets to play with Connor. It's it's that simple. Um, Look what what Connor's done since Leon's been put back on his wing. He's got a true goal scorer on his wing, a guy that can get him the puck when he wants to. Uh, Just, I mean, the the play that um, Connor made to nurse a simple play, but Leon got the puck out and put it in an area that he knew that Connor would be at. He threw it. He, he, he got the puck. He looked on his back and he said, "Okay, I'm going to put it into an empty space where Connor can get the puck." A lot of players on the Oilers would have just banged it off the glass and out, and it would have been the end of the play. But Leon is a smart hockey player. There, I, there is nobody in the National Hockey League, player, scout, GM, management, anyone that thinks that Leon is better it only does what he does because he plays with connor anybody that knows hockey watches hockey knows that leon is in the top three four best players in the world and leon on any other team would be the best player on any other team he just happens to play on a team with connor mcdavid all right we have more of your phone calls coming up you'll also hear from tyson berry who scored against his former team. with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Team tonight, but not quite enough for Edmonton. They lose 4-3 in OT in Toronto. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. 
Now you've got McDavid. Off to the races. Justin Hall is back. McDavid trying to center. What timer? Score! Leon Dreisaitl! What a finish by Dreisaitl off a beautiful cross-seamer from McDavid. Dreisaitl's got 19 in Edmonton. Into the lead for the first time tonight, 2-1. Yeah, that was the great goal we were talking about. Edmonton would go up 3-1, but they wind up losing 4-3 in overtime to the Leafs. So Edmonton's record now 21-13-1. Toronto goes to 22-10-2. Rob, got a message here from Rich, who's listening in the United Kingdom. Oh, nice. He says, no doubt tonight's loss is on the Oilers after a less than stellar third period and a failure to get any offense outside of the top line. But after the focus on refereeing this week, I'd be interested to hear what you guys think of the missed call on Cassian not long before a Toronto goal. Well, that was the one where the puck went into the neutral zone and Cassian tried to hop past the defenseman and uh, and went down on the play and might have had a breakaway if not for that. Uh, yeah, I... I... The player, who was it? Was was it Marner, I think? Marner was skating towards his own end and, to me, just moved in the, the, the skating lane. I think if that's what he's talking about, unless he's talking about when Cassian jumped to hit Tavares behind the net, which could have no, been... No, no, he's, he's talking well. about when Cassian could have, could have had that break, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, to me, I I thought it was a good no-call. I thought the, I thought the rest were very good today. I really did. Uh, the, they allowed the players to play. I thought both teams were very smart. They understood the fact that both teams' power plays can change the game and try to limit chances both ways. That's one thing that I think the Oilers have gotten a lot better at over the last couple of years. There, there was a time where the Oilers would take some dumb penalties. They would just, I mean, I think back to the Benoit Pouliot days, but they would take dumb penalties at dumb moments. The Oilers are a much better disciplined hockey club than they've been in the past. And that's huge. And I think the Toronto Maple Leafs are as well. But I think that's one of the things that has also led to the others having a, a resurgence again this year and, and, and battling for first place in the division. They, they're a disciplined, smart hockey club. And uh, it allows their best players to, to play more, not have to sit on the bench when they kill. And it's, so that's another um, thing that you could look at as a positive on this season as the others are more disciplined than they have been in the past. Calgary now up 2-0 on Winnipeg after the first period. It is Saturday night, and that means it is JP time. JP, I'll just back out of the way because I know you want to talk to Rob. Go ahead. Hello, Ree. Why don't you come back in the mace? I want to talk to you as well. I'm a huge fan as you. I, give me your autograph while we're at it. Rob has disappointed me so long, but still on yours Rob, I you're do, in a I long do, I do. list of people jp that i've disappointed buddy there's a long you're damn list right. you're damn right a lot of ladies a lot of ladies are just going my god rob brown is just a point but let's get on the brass tacks let's get on the brass tacks you guys don't i happen to be his uh, we should have won the game connor got lazy we got that point tonight you guys we got a point should have had the two I should have Rob Brown's autograph. What are we going to get angry over everything? We we got a point tonight. We'll see Toronto in the playoffs. And I, quite frankly, remember your phone caller earlier? Your alias, you gave him a, a yellow card. You should have a red one ready because I'm getting fired right up. I'm getting very fired up. <laughs> you got to be but careful here, you, buddy. Yeah, keep your hand over the red button, Reese. I'll tell you this. Come back in the picture. But I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to say anything crazy. God damn. Come on. Calm down, everyone. I just want to say this. I'm watching Ferris Bueller now. The Oilers game's over. Our early game. It was our early game. 
And I'm going to listen to a couple podcasts, a couple podcasts now. Like you guys are my favorite. I love listening to this show. After this done, I'm gonna watch. And listen to too much podcast. These guys are great. They're fantastic. We got a point tonight. I just want to phone in and say thank you, Reed, for taking my call. I always appreciate you. You are. I want your autograph, Rob. You know where. Oh, I'm anytime, you anytime. Know where I say. Let's get on. Let's get on one, Rob. Let's, where are you right now? Let's get. Uh, Give me a text, we'll get on one. Let's get the... As soon as they the open the bars up, as soon as they open the bars up, we'll meet for a drink. You did. Uh, we'll we'll close our down. Thank you very much. JP, you have, a, you, have a, you have a Twitter account, do you not? No. Oh, you don't. I thought you did. Okay. Well, I was going to, like, take a picture of my autograph and post it online. Maybe I can fax it to you. <laughs> he's, he's gone. He's not. He's, he's opening the wine. That was enough, Rob. I think you and I are the only two people in the world that have a fax machine to send faxes back and forth. Or read. <laughs> Probably, yeah. That's how we communicate. We get ready for games. <laughs> but how, how many? I'll ask this. How many? In all seriousness, Rob. Like, I mean, you are a, you are a famous uh, former pro hockey <laughs> player. How many? How many autographs do you think you sign in a year now? Do you ever get? Well, I mean, we're not out in public as much, but do you ever get asked, or do you ever do events? Oh yeah, like I signing do. Signing events well, before the before the pandemic, I, I used to do. I don't know, probably 20 events a year, a good 20 events at least. Um, and uh, as for at hockey schools, I, I run a couple of hockey schools here in town in St. Albert that uh, kids will event. They'll have hockey cards sometimes, but I'm most of the kids nowadays, I've been retired eight or nine years longer than the kids have been alive. So not a lot of the kids know who I am other than the old, old guy, Coach Brownie. That's about all they know me as. All right, 7804960063. Well, yeah, and I guess I guess we should note ever since JP started asking for your autograph, no one else has phoned in to be added to the list either. <laughs> I know not even my mother calls anymore. She doesn't even want my heart. Although my mom does listen to our show. My mom's in Phoenix. Oh, she she's great. Listen to our show. Yeah, she does every, Absolutely. every night. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Who do we have? Is it Gary next? Let's we'll go to Gary. Gary, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hey guys, how's it going? Good. You know, the Oilers should have lost that game. That I mean, they were in control. But I, my only problem I have, I watch the Leafs play, and I'll give Keith credit. He's taught them guys how to block and interfere with guys as they're moving ahead for the puck. Give me give me an example. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you, but give give us a, a, an example if you can think of one. So as I was watching the game, the Oilers are forcing the puck up forward up the ice, and some guy he's he's blocking him, and and the guy's chasing for a loose puck, and he can't even get into it because the least players are are blocking them. That's interference. No, not if the players skate in the same direction. If he's skating the same direction, he just. That it's not a penalty because he's going towards the puck as well. He's welcome to that space. It's where he's when he's facing the players when you get into trouble. You can skate any direction you want, but I mean, when you're in front of a guy and you and you're you can see them holding him up. Well, it's a different if you're holding. It's another thing if you're just skating and you just continue to move in that guy's space. Player up just by skating forward. Yeah, but if you're skating, so so if Connor McDavid's skating forward, and you know where he's going, and you just keep skating in front of him, you're allowed to do that. No, no, no. I'm not talking about Connor McDavid. I'm talking about a few other uh, the other players. Like I was watching. No, I was just using Connor as an, as an example. But 
I mean, I, yeah. you know what? Uh, hey, as much as I hate it, hats off to, oh, excuse me, Toronto. Okay. All right. That's, wow. Quite a night we're having here. Uh is it a yeah, full moon out I, there I, tonight, Reed? Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I got my drape shut. Probably a good thing. Okay. Well, I think, look, Rob. I think we, I think that's an interesting point, though, that that he brings up that there is, there is still is legal interference, even mm-hmm. though, even though they've tried to crack down on it over the last twelve or fifteen. Well, years. That, that's, I mean, and all teams do it, and you have to. Um, a lot of guys it used to be when when I played, if the puck gets dumped in, you put your stick across the guy's belly so that. You would hold him up so he couldn't run your defenseman, and they took that out, and it, it, it was right because you, it was really impeding the other player. So you got to find other ways to create time for your for your players to get the puck, and one of the ways is you find uh, a way to skate in the same direction towards the same area, and allow you can go as fast as you want and go as slow as you want, and that forces the player behind you to go around you, and takes a longer time to get to where he's going. That allows your defenseman or your player a little more time to get the puck and that's a legal uh play and both all teams do it the others do it as well and there's plays in the offensive zone the others are very good at at it in the offensive zone especially connor and leon crisscrossing in front of a guy so if connor has the puck and he passes to leon connor will skate in front of the defender and he's allowed to do that and it just it blinds that defender for just a second and it'll give leon that extra split second to make a decision to make to decide where he wants to go with the puck and play, teams are very good at it players are very good at it. the start the skilled players understand how to do it so everybody finds ways to legally and sometimes it's a blurry line legal and illegal when it comes to to interfering but teams do it all the time and most fans here in Edmonton will notice when it's done against their team and obviously that's the passion in fans and and they want to see calls made but teams are trying to do whatever they can to give their players a, a little bit extra time to make a play. All right, Oilers fall 4-3 in overtime. We'll uh, bring you Tyson Berry. More discussion on this one when we get back to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Austin Matthews in overtime. Leafs beat the Oilers 4-3. Some of your stats tonight. It is a goal and an assist for Tyson Berry, a goal and two assists for Leon Dreisaitl, two assists for Connor McDavid. Berry was also plus three. Darnell Nurse played 26-58, an absolutely awful night for the Oilers in the face-off circle. There were 45 draws in this game. The Oilers only won 15 of them. Dreisaitl had a rare off night, 5 out of 15. Nugent Hopkins was 1 out of 9. Uh, Gaetan Haas was 4 for 4. McDavid was 4 out of 7. Leafs take it 4-3. Uh, Rob, what did you think of uh, Daryl Sutter going into this game, Johnny Goudreau's 500th, saying that uh, he hopes that uh, Goudreau has more energy than he did in his 499th game, as Winnipeg just scores to get within a goal, by the way? Uh, how do you have that? Like, seriously, I must be on some tape delay in my house because there it's still 2 nothing on my score. Huh. I'm, I'm on like a 30-second delay. It must. It's going it to happen, buddy. Trust me. 34 seconds into the period. Okay, right now. Okay, yeah, like I'm on a tape. Oh, that was a weird one, too. Here. Speaking of weird deflections, yeah. Off yeah, Lucic's um, shoulder. That, that that puck was going about eight feet wide, and it hit Luch in the shoulder and went in. Anyway, what do you think of the coach being uh, saying that about a player going into his 500th game? I played for Daryl. I've heard the uh, sarcastic side of Daryl. A lot of the time it was directed towards me. 
So I know it, it, it bites. Like it's, he's got a biting tongue at times. Um, yeah, I, there's frustration in Calgary. There was expectations when Daryl was going to take over that they were going to have this surge and, and push for a playoff spot. And lately, it hasn't gone well. I don't. I don't think Johnny Goudreau's had the uh, the year that many were hoping for. He hasn't looked to me in the games that I saw to be the same player. Having said all that, 500 games a pretty cool mi- milestone. And when you look at Johnny Goudreau, an undersized young man who uh, overcame everything, and he's he, he's been a very good NHL player, and have a special night like that. Yeah, I, I don't know if. For me, I, I don't I like everything to be kept in house. If you're not happy with my play, keep it in the house. I don't like I don't think players should go public about coaches or teammates, and I don't think coaches should go public about players or or, or, or whatnot. I think if you're not happy with the way I'm playing, sit me in the dressing room and tell me that. Say, tell me in front of my peers. But that's that's how Daryl coaches. And uh, I said it the day that they hired him. I said, there's some players in the Calgary Flames dressing room are going to wish they tried a little harder for Troy Ward because life's going to get a little more difficult for some of these players. So, yeah, I was not shocked or surprised or anything by what Daryl said there. That's just too bad for Johnny Goudreau, although I, I know he's got at least one point tonight, so hopefully his 500th game is a good one for him. All right, 780-496-0063 is the certainty hotline. We'll welcome Rocket to the show. Hey, Rocket, go ahead. Hey, how are you doing, guys? <clears throat> Rob, I've been waiting Good. about 45 minutes to ask you this uh, question on a point that you made earlier about the Oilers having, you know, one line and, and Toronto being deeper in the top six. Um, at what point, when the Oilers were up 3-1, do you think that the coach would ever consider splitting up Dreisaitl and McDavid at that point and going with a more defensive posture? Or do you think because they had five points, he's going for the throat and going for the kill? That's a tough one. I think that the way they were playing and dominating in the shifts they were out there, that they were going to keep them together. I mean, they've been magic over the last while that they've been put back together. I think I, I don't think they were asking for the second, third, or fourth lines to create any offense, but they're asking them to play good defensive hockey. And you know the mistake Cahoon made in the neutral zone. I mean that isn't on the fact that he was playing on that line or that Leon wasn't playing with him. That's just a mistake you can't make. Uh, so uh, there's it, it when they play together, it, it creates havoc for the other team because now. Toronto, when Toronto played here last time, what they did is they didn't allow Connor to get the puck in the neutral zone. So as soon as the Oilers got the puck, someone went towards Connor to take Connor away. But when you got Connor and Leon playing together, you go take Connor away. Well, now Leon carries the puck to the neutral zone, and we all know he's maybe not as good, but he's just about as good going through the neutral zone with the puck on his stick. So it makes it creates havoc for the other team. But what it does also do, it really limits your second, third, and fourth lines. You're not going to get any offense out of your second line. You just aren't there. Cahoon and Yamamoto uh, flanking R&H, that's not a line that's going to scare anyone. And and against the Toronto Maple Leafs, that's a huge mismatch. So it'll be interesting to see next game which way they go with the lines. The problem for the Oilers, and I've said this all year long, is they have their one player short for a top six. And if you put Leon with Yamamoto 
you there's nobody that plays the left wing right now that is uh i don't know good enough to play i mean because it's been player after player after player guys coming from going from the taxi squad up to the second line then back to the tax taxi squad so the others are, are one top six player away from being able to complete two 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 solid lines and whoever is rnh plays with that line is the number one line if rnh and leon play together they're the number one line because connor doesn't have a left winger to play with so it's it's tough the others need a little help on that left side all right Oilers lose 4-3 in overtime a goal tonight for tyson berry here he is courtesy mattress superstore yeah i think it might be less to do with uh you know yeah guys obviously want to play well uh in toronto but um you know they came in and and beat us three straight in uh, in edmonton last time and, and we remembered that that stung so we wanted to get this one and um disappointing end how did you see the last seven or some minutes in that game when you guys were up three one yeah just not a good third period by us um we've been in tight games where we've had the lead and we've done a good job closing them out and that uh certainly wasn't the case tonight they they obviously wanted it more and they kind of had their their way at the end of the game there and um we didn't make it didn't make it near hard enough and and smitty even made some unbelievable saves to you know to give us uh, a chance at overtime so uh just disappointing mark specter sportsman so I suppose that's what happens, Tyson. Does the last, you know, eight minutes of hockey ruin the first 52 for you guys? Is, is there anything in it for you that you had, a, you know, a real good part of the game? But does the end of it just wreck it for you? Yeah, for sure. That's kind of the the nature of the sport. You want the, you know, you want results. Um, you know, we can say we played a good second, and, um, you know, whatever you want. But at the end of the day, that's... Uh, you know that's not the team we want to be where you, you have a two goal lead and, and uh you know you give it up with with you know seven minutes uh, in the period that's those are games we got to learn how to close out right and this team is it i think it's fair to say you're past the point of a team trying to learn a lesson or a team that says well we had a good 50 minutes this isn't that team anymore huh no no i think we've we've showed it throughout you know the year so far we've we've talked about it we know you know going into the third period with a lead is uh it's a big, you know, it's it's a it's a big part of the game, and um, it shows, you know, it shows maturity to be able to close that out. So we know we're capable of it, and we just obviously didn't execute tonight. Rob Shkoski, Post Media. Hi, Tyson. Uh, is is there a, a hurdle that you guys have to get over mentally against Toronto? Uh, you, normally, you guys are pretty solid at closing out leads, like you said. You're you're playing extremely well against everybody else. Uh, uh, you played well tonight. You just couldn't couldn't get over on them. Is there is there a mental obstacle that has to be overcome? Uh, I don't think so. Um, if there is, you know, I I don't think we we feel it. Uh, you know, that's just a, a bad stretch of you know whether you want to call it the third or the last ten minutes or whatever. They uh, you know I'll give them credit. They they kind of you know ramped up their game the last little bit there. But um, we got another crack at them on Monday. So uh, no mental hurdle for as far as you know I can tell. But um it's just uh it's just at this point loss thank you tony Barrar, oilers tv hey tyson uh mike's uh mike smith's numbers certainly don't jump out tonight but uh, you guys got some tremendously uh quality stops from him uh throughout the night so does that kind of magnify the disappointment level 100 percent uh smitty's a guy that, that loves to win he's you know passionate and battles for us every night he made some 
you know, incredible stops. He, he had Matthews setting twice kind of point blank back door. He, he was able to, to keep him out and then, you know, numerous ones throughout the night. So um, that's one we'd like to give for him. And that's, uh, that's why it keeps coming back to being disappointing. You know, we wanted to, we wanted to close that one out and, and we had a chance and we gave ourselves a chance and then, you know, didn't, uh, didn't follow through to the end of the game. Tyson Berry speaking after the Edmonton Oilers lose 4-3 in overtime to the Maple Leafs. Their record on the season is now 21-13-1. Winnipeg has just scored to tie Calgary 2-2. That game is in the second period. Oilers off tomorrow. Back at it on Monday. Of course, we'll have it for you on 6.30. Chad, face-off show at 3.30. The game will start at 5. You can get more on this one on 6.30chad.com or globalnews.ca. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer, and to our studio producer, Angie Quinnell. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Have a great night. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.